Um, today's message is going to be called Bells of Hope. And so over the years, um, bells have been used in the world for important events, okay? They were used to wake up, to pray, to work, to arms, to feast, and in time of crisis, to come together. Above all, bells are the sound of freedom and peace. As in World War I, they hung silently until they could, could ring the bell of peace. Bells are often commonly represented with joy and freedom, as with the, the Liberty Bell. The Liberty Bell was the shape of uh, the vault of heaven. Did y'all know that? <laughs> How they made it, they made it to look like the vault of heaven. I thought that that was so precious. Um, the bells represented in heaven, the sound of the bells will be heard when they would, when he enters in the holy place before the Lord, when they would come in. So even the, I'll read it to you in Exodus, but the robes that the priest would wear, they had on their tassels pomegranates and bells. And in Exodus, uh, Exodus 39, 24 through 26, they made pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen around the hem of the robe. And they made bells of pure gold and attached them around the hem between the pomegranates. The bells and the pomegranates alternated, uh, alternated around the hem of the robe to be worn for ministering as the Lord commanded Moses. So they put the bells in significance of going into that holy place, that heavenly place with the Lord. Moses is the one who got, got that from God. And so bells were used for, like, very important situations in life. They were very, very important. I went through this list last night. I'm not going to share it all because it was too much. But it goes through the errors of time of how things shifted from, like, 17, in 1700, uh, the bells were always through the churches, so they had these big old bells that the churches would ring um, for different things, whether to tell you the time of the day. We have one here in Bryan where it goes off every hour. When we had the church there, we would hear it every hour go off, and I know I knew what time it was by the sound of the bell. And so they're a very important piece of our history, but they're very important now. And so um, I was sitting one day. And um, I was, uh, I saw this preview of this movie and I was like, what in the world? Are you for real? And it's called the, it's called I Heard the Bells. I have not seen it yet. I tried to see it this weekend, but it didn't happen for me. I thought I could watch it like, you know, through my TV, but it didn't happen. But I just saw the previews of it and it spoke volumes to my spirit and it just hit me in my spirit so hard. Um, but what it was about was for now, a now time. And uh, it, it, it was a beautiful story that came out of one of the nation's darkest time periods, which was the Civil War. It's a poem, and it's, uh, it's really a diary entry about uh, Henry Longfellow and his whole journey of faith. Um, Henry Longfellow went through a dark season in his life. The Civil War was going on. His son takes off to war without permission. He made a promise to his wife, I won't, I won't let our kids get in the war, get in mixed, up, mixed up in all this mess. And his son went without permission and entered the war. 
And some, so, so he's going through a tragic time. His wife has this horrible accident that happens, and he's in this darkness. During the Civil War, the bell, which represented the liberty and the freedom, had fallen to the ground. And, and um, when his wife was good and that, before the tragedy happened, she would always say that the bell was the hope of, it was the hope of the church is what it represented and it spoke volumes to me because we are supposed to be the hope. The church is supposed to be the hope for our nations right now. And, um, and it came to a point where he had lost faith because he was going through all these tribulations. And I know right now Christmas and the holidays is extremely hard for so many people around the world. Not just us here, but if they've gone through tragedies, loss of people, you know, from sickness, whatever they've gone through, there is a darkness that's trying to sit on our nation. And because of those tragic things, they sometimes you lose hope, you lose faith in that process because you're, you're dealing with grief, you're dealing with sorrow. And this is what this man was going through at the time. He was dealing with a lot of grief in his life. And, um, he, he wrote the poems. He wrote the poems for, um, for um, I will find it here in my notes, uh, Paul Revere's Ride. He was very popular. So he wrote poems based on parts of the history in that time. It was in the 1800s. So, so he was very, a very important person, and what he wrote impacted and it transformed. He also wrote uh, poems uh, on slavery to bring freedom to slaves. So he took a lot of hits along the way in making these poems because in the 1800s that was not happening. It was a, he was a pioneer. He was coming to move and shift things. And so I'm reading this story about, about him through this movie and I'm seeing the, the little things. And um, to him, it wasn't just about writing the poem that he did in that timeline. To him, the bell represented his voice. So a lot of the times when you're going through grief, your voice will be quiet and won't say anything. When you're in sorrow, when you're sad, it, you shut your voice completely down and it shuts you down in the process of sadness. And here he comes and he has this incredible um, thing that happens to him in the process of his grief. And he writes this poem and I kind of, I kind of want to kind of read it. Once I read it to you, you're like, oh, I, I, I get it now. But he, he wrote this, um, and it says, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repent of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the bell fries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolted from, day, from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant subline of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black occurred mouth, the cannon thundered in the south and was the sound. The carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the heart stones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. 
and in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill, goodwill to men. And it just spoke volumes to me because sometimes we look at our nation and everything that's going on, and it seems like darkness. But we have a God so great that he's greater than any darkness that can try to come and try to come on the earth in a nation. And I was like, and, and you know, it was, to me, the bells represent hope. Because if we're not sounding off the alarms, if we're not sounding off the bells, if we're not opening our mouth as a voice to let people know that there's a real God and that they don't have to stay in the darkness, they don't have to, it doesn't matter what our nation looks like at the time. There's somebody much bigger, much greater who created all the earth that there will be peace on our nation. There will be peace on the earth, on all the nations. Why? Because he holds all the nations in his hands. He is the director. <laughs> He's the director of it all. <laughs> During this process of me getting the message, the Lord was reminding me when we were in Missouri of an encounter my husband had had. And it was the angel menorah. And I know some of you are familiar with the story, so I won't go into all of it. But he had a supernatural encounter. We were, uh, we were in our travels. It was late at night. We checked into a hotel to stay overnight. The weather was like calm as can be. There was no cloud, no thunder, no lightning. It was just peaceful outside, okay? All of a sudden, my husband gets called to go to the office. There was a mess up on the payment when we paid for the room. And it's like 2 or 3 in the morning. It's like real early in the morning. And all of a sudden, the weather shifts. And the winds, we were singing about wind come and the winds this morning. And I think it was perfect for the message because I didn't even get to talk to the worship team about anything. But it was on point because the winds came in so strong that night and the weather shifted so fast that the leaves were blowing, the thunder, the lightning, everything came so quickly all at one time that everything shifted in the weather, and he went downstairs to go talk to them. In the process of all this, he's frustrated. It's late. We're tired. We've been driving for a long time. Those of you that have traveled to minister understand that, <laughs> that when it's late at night, you're tired, you just want to just go to bed. So he goes down there. He's sitting in there in the office, and the door busts open out of nowhere, and this wind comes blaring in the door, and the leaves come flying in, and they're flying in from everywhere. Now, I, I might be missing some points and some pieces because this is his encounter and his story, but I'm going to tell you the pieces that I do remember. And this, uh, this lady comes in, doesn't know my husband, doesn't know anything about him, sits next to him, and starts having a conversation with him. And the one thing that she said, there's lots of details in that, okay? Because supernatural things started happening in that conversation. And my husband was so mad in the process and frustrated that he didn't really realize what was really sitting next to him was something angelic. 
And so he's there, and he's frustrated because this whole payment thing, they're trying to double charge us and da-da-da. And, um, and I'm upstairs in the room, but I can feel what's going on down there because I can feel something of the Lord is going on. And he goes in there. The lady, he goes through this whole process with them about who he is. Um, be good and be good at it is what she's told him when she was leaving. The other thing she said was, you can go back and listen to this story because he tells it in, in a lot of his, uh, his um, some of his ministries, uh, some of the uh, messages he's given, he shared this story more in detail. I'm just going through it real quick. But the one thing Menorah said, her name was Menorah, and the one thing that Menorah said was, the bell has not been rung in a long time. And, and, and she goes, and she goes up. They had a bell, something like this, on the counter, and she goes and starts ringing the bell. And then she says, it's time for the bell to ring again. And that spoke volumes to me. It didn't, it didn't really resonate in me until I came up with this message that the Lord reminded me of that encounter that my husband had, that this menorah, this angelic being that came to visit him, it was such a big deal. It still is a big deal that the very advice she gave him was be good, be good at it. And the bell hasn't been, hasn't been rung in a long time and it's time for it to be rung again. Those two things are very important right now. It's time for the bell to ring again. It's been a long time since it's rung. See, God's trying to release hope right now to our nation and to people around us. Jeremiah talks about in 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's plan for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. That applies to us now. That we have a future and we have hope in the future. This stuff that we're hearing on the news and in media, those are things that, that I mean, it's all negativity. I was talking to my sister the other day and she was like, it's just so depressing to watch the news now. I hate watching it. Yeah, because their perspective isn't coming from a perspective of heaven. Their perspective is coming of the natural mindset and the natural sight that they're seeing right now. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. How do you abound in this hope? How do you not get caught up in hope deferred that makes your heart sick? You believe. You have to believe right now. You have to shift the mindset. And once you believe, then you can, you can uh, embrace joy. You can embrace peace in your life. And you embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. So why not just choose to believe, right? <laughs> Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Whoever's going through tribulation right now, be patient in it. Rejoice in hope in your tribulation. Be constant in prayer. What breaks up all that stuff? Praying. You pray to the Lord. When you're going through things, when things get hard, you teach yourself to pray. Don't pick up the phone and call somebody. Teach yourself to go to him first and be in prayer with him first. That's ultimate there. 
It's, it's so beautiful, this whole story and what has happened. But, you know, the story to me represent that, you know, I guess about two, three weeks ago, I was sitting here in service and worship, and I began to see um, the mercy seat in my encounter. And it was so beautiful, the mercies of the Lord. And I believe as a nation, that's where we need to be. We need to be in mercy. Why? Because not only does mercy have a, 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 comes along with grace, because God begins to grace you to do things in mercy. But not only mercy for yourself, but extend mercy to others. In Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may rejoice, mercy, receive mercy, and find grace to help in time of need. When is the grace and the mercy available? In your time of need. How many people are in their time of need right now? So what do you do? You call, you call on mercy, you, and, and, and grace comes with that mercy. They go paired together. They come in together at the same time that you understand that the mercy you receive is because of what he did for you and me on the cross. And when you understand how valuable and powerful the cross is, then you have no problem seeing yourself as a son or daughter. You have no problem sitting at the seat of the mercy seat of who he is in you. And you can come in, you can sit in mercy, and then here comes grace. I always see grace with oil. And I'm like, send grace, Lord, that the oils of the heavens would come to make things easy for me. And I really believe right now the Lord's saying, ring your bell. <laughs> ring the bell of hope right now. We are not a hopeless generation. We are a generation full of hope right now. You're just going to change your lenses sometimes flip them sometimes and say, oh, this is the wrong lens. I remember I did a whole message on that whole, um, you remember those little things that we used to get as kids and they would have little slides in them and you would click it and it would change the picture for you. <laughs> I forgot what they're called. <laughs> I, I had the proper name for them when I wrote the article and when I wrote, when I spoke about it. But the Lord was telling me, sometimes you just got to get that thing and you got to just push the button and switch the lenses. Because if you don't switch the lens, you're going to get stuck looking at things the same way you've always looked at them for the rest of your life. And so you got to click the button, let the slide change to change your vision of where we're at right now. And you're like, oh, I don't really like that one too much. I'm done. Let me click this thing. Let me move on to the next thing God has for me. I don't have to stay stuck looking at the same thing the same way for the rest of my life. I can just come in and say, click, and the Lord changes everything for you. And your vision and your perspective and how you look at things. If you're down and depressed because of family issues, I'm telling you right now, everybody has family issues. <laughs> but God, in his grace and his mercy, he's saying, just have mercy on them. Have mercy on the family that you're, that you're having and you're struggling with and you're having a hard time with. And I'll send grace with mercy. 
So that way things can get easier for you to love your loved ones, to love people in your life that you have a hard time loving. Grace comes in with this oil and makes it easy and says, oh, you could just slide right in. When you choose mercy, you slide right into things with grace. And grace makes the impossible possible in your life. I've seen it time and time again how faithful the Lord is. So I I just want to say this morning, it's like the Lord says it's time. It's time for us to embrace what he's given. Uh, The peace on earth is produced. You know, he says on that thing, goodwill to men. Goodwill to men. He was getting something from heaven at that moment. Goodwill to men because God's will over your life is good. His will over your life is good, and it's powerful, and it's amazing. He's waiting for you to agree with his will and not your will. Your will didn't get you nowhere. It took you to a broken place, a broken state. But when you're about his will, peace comes upon you. It's the peace that surpasses all understanding. It, you don't understand. It's like we were singing that last song we sang today. I, 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 I don't even know why I'm happy. I don't even know why I have all this peace with all this stuff going on in my life. But I have it. And it's because he's given it to you. He's poured it upon his sons and daughters. And he says, just, just take hold of it. Just drink from it. Sometimes we have to take those moments out with the Lord. Not be in despair anymore. Choose joy. I used to tell my mom that all the time because she would always look at things through a lenses of negativity. And I would say, Mom, at some point, you have to choose to be joy. At some point, you have to choose joy. That in your life, you don't have to be depressed or sad or, or have a mindset that you're a victim, that everybody's against you. But you can shift that and say, man, Lord... I just, I just choose joy today. No matter how you woke up, no matter the problems you had this morning before you came, no matter the problems this past week, yesterday, the day before, that doesn't matter to God. He's saying this morning, choose joy. Be in my peace. Line up your life with my will, what I've already spoken over you, that the bells of hope will ring in your house. Be hopeful right now. There's so much hopelessness on the earth right now. People are committing suicide. They're dying. There was this young man. Doesn't matter the name. I used to watch the videos because they would do great dances, him and his wife. And, and then he was a happy person all the time on the outside, but something inside must have not been right because he committed suicide. And I'm thinking there's a lot of people in that state right now that don't, they don't want to live. They, they think dying is easier, but it's not easier. It's, it's learning how to be about his will so those things don't come in to lie to you in deception, making you think that you're not worthy of living. You are worthy of living. I'm telling you right now, you are worthy of it all. You're not worthy because of what you've done. You're worthy because of what he's done for you. The worthiness comes in because of what he did on the cross for you. 
We'll talk more next Saturday, but him being born, his birth, are we not made in his image? If his birth was powerful when he was born, Mary, did you know? What makes you think that your birth, your birth is not powerful? That the day you were born isn't powerful? Because there is a celebration in heaven the day that you and me were born. And because his creation, his image was a, was a finished thing that was going to come to invade the earth. And I bet there was a party in heaven like you wouldn't believe over who you were created to be. And the heavens were having this joyous moment. And every time a baby is born, there's an excitement. There's a joy happening in heaven because they're all created in his image. And he's like, oh, there's another one being released to the earth that will change the world, that will impact a generation, that brings change to people. It's not just just, just a, a baby being born, but the power in the baby being born. That's why you think about it, you ask any mom, the process is difficult and hard sometimes to give birth to a baby. Mary had a hard time. But at the end of the day, Jesus came, and he was born, and there was power in that. And then he says, okay, now, I'm gonna cre- now, now, now you're created in my image. And because of that, when you're born, there's going to be all kinds of gifts I'm going to bring you. Think about it. They're the gifts of the Spirit. There's gifts that are brought to you when you're born. It, you know, maybe now some of you are just discovering your gifts of what the Holy Spirit is giving you to move in. But those gifts were given to you when you were born. You just didn't know it. The gifts came immediately when you were born that day. You just didn't know because some of you didn't grow up knowing the Lord. Some of you didn't grow up knowing who Jesus was. I'm one of them. So then you have to go through a journey of trying to discover the very thing God's already given you. God, where are you? Why haven't you shown up? I went through all this stuff in my life, and he's like, I'm right here. I was with you since you were born. I never left you. I'm still here. You just didn't see me. You didn't know I was here. But I was there when you were born. I guarantee you there was even angelic that was there in your birthing. The angels came when you were born. Just like they did when Jesus was born. That the angelic would come and there would be such a power that would take place. That heaven touched earth the day you were born. And we take it so simple like, oh, it's just my birthday. Some of you don't even celebrate your birthday. Oh, it's just another day. It breaks my heart when I hear that. You know why? Because your birthday is a very, very significant and a very powerful thing. If it wasn't, the witches and the warlocks wouldn't be so after it with all their counterfeits. (laughs) 
They wouldn't be trying to read your cards to you and tell you all these wonderful things of your day of birth and the colors and the stones and all this craziness. Remove all the counterfeit and say, man, Jesus breathed in my lungs that day (laughs) and gave me life. He shook me up from heaven and sent me to earth that day. And he was like, you're going to go and invade the earth and take dominion over the earth. And I'm getting you ready and I'm sending you with gifts. And I'm sending you with all these great things of who you're called to be. But, But here you are listening to the devil, right? The devil came to Jesus too. But Jesus reminded him of who he was. I'll give you all the kingdoms if you just bow down to me. No, the kingdoms were already his. Things are already ours. You just have to believe. Things belong to you already. You just have to believe that when you are in his will, those things come to you and they come quickly because he sent them to you. This season, I promise you, there is so much of heaven on the earth right now. You see it as darkness on the earth. But when darkness comes, there's a reason why the darkness comes. There's a reason why all of this tribulation, all this mess comes. It comes because there's a light that is here. There's angelic hosts that are here this very moment. The angel breakthrough we talked about last Sunday that came when we least expected it and gave us breakthrough in the situation. See, all of heaven is waiting. And they're like, here's the angelic. Here's the power of God. Here's all of this. But if you just believe, if you can just believe for just a moment that I'm real, that heaven is real, and heaven is here now. The kingdom of God is here. It's trying to invade the earth through you and me. Through you and me, because we're made in his image. And when you can get that part, you're, it's unstoppable what God wants to use you for. Your voice is like the bell. You have to open up your mouth, and you have to begin to speak the truth of who the Father is. And what you say, it matters It affects things. It moves things into motion. Haven't you noticed that when you begin to pray, when you begin to declare, when you begin to be in intercession, that you begin to see a change and something move? You don't go into prayer for hours and not expect anything to happen. You go into intercession and prayer because there's an expectation you have that God's going to show up through that intercession and prayer and that you're not just there wasting your breath or your time, but you're, you're communicating with heaven in that process. Heaven's going to respond to who you and me are as sons and daughters, and then the angels are going to be dispatched to come co-labor with us of what needs to be done here on earth. We're ambassadors of the Father. You're an ambassador of the Lord. That's the bell. You speak on behalf of the Father. He's equipped you and me to have a voice. Our voices, if you, if naturally, none of us have the same voice. Each one of us, 
was created differently in our voices. The vibration, everything in your throat was custom made. That how I sound when I yell, how I sound when I sing, how I sound when I talk is going to be different than each one of you. And each one of you are going to be different from each other. Why did he do that? Why did he spend so much time on my voice and your voice? Because it's power. It's power that when you believe, that when you speak something out of your mouth, that things are meant to respond to your voice. Things are meant to move in the shift because you've opened up your voice and spoke to that thing to move in the shift. Some of you may be going through a hard time right now. You may be sad sometimes and depressed at times. And you may be battling some things on the inside, but you don't have to anymore. You can literally wake up in the morning and tell the Lord, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to have a battle today. You don't have to battle every day. Who lied to you and told you you have to be in this crazy battle every single day of your life? I went to this meeting one time. And the word that they gave me one time is, man, you've battled your whole life. You've been in warfare all your life. Are you tired of battling? Are you tired of the warfare? The warfare comes from your mind. Because you make a warfare there when you battle the very person God has created you to be. You don't have peace. When you're running from God, there's no peace. Why is there no peace? Because you're running away from who he created you to be. People can become millionaires and not know who they are in the Lord, and they'll still battle things and be in warfare. Why? Because the very thing that completes them, the only thing that will complete a person is him. He is your completion. And if you're trying to find a completion or satisfaction in money, your job, your accomplishments of your life, anything else, it's never, it's never going to satisfy you. You're going to always be looking for something else to satisfy a void in your life. So you don't forget who you are in him. That everything you have and everything of who you are is because he of, of him making you to be his son and daughter. That you come back to that place. The Lord is so good to us. And I just want, I just want, I want, I want, I want, I'm pulling from heaven right now. And I'm asking God because I feel like, I feel something in my heart and in, my, in the spirit of the Lord right now. That there's so much that he wants to do right now with each of us. That I don't want to miss a moment with him. Have you ever been there like, I don't want to miss a moment or an opportunity with you, Lord? I don't want to rush through something because I need to be rushed. Sometimes we just have to wait on Holy Spirit. Sometimes we just have to wait on Holy Spirit to come in and pour things in us. He's, you know, while you're sitting there right now, he's doing a work right now. You may feel nothing. 
You may be sitting there and you're like, I don't feel anything. I don't, I don't feel God. I don't, I, I'm just sitting here in this service. And the Lord's like, I'm not a feeling. I'm not an emotion. <laughs> I'm your creator. <laughs> I know how you function. I know what brings you joy. I know what makes you sad. I know what lifts your spirits. And I know exactly what you need in your life every day of your life. If you just look to me for just a moment. You know, it's a busy time of the season, but we can't be too busy for him. Let's just give him our time this morning. Just right there where you're at, just close your eyes. And say, God, I give you my time this morning. If you ask any business person or person whose business, they always say time is money. You have to pay them for time. And the Lord gives us all his time for free. He's better than any counselor, than any therapist. He's better than anything in the world. If you just learn, just learn right now to just receive what he has for you. He's doing a work in you this morning. If you came in sad, he's bringing you joy this morning. He's saying, choose joy. Don't come with the excuses or the complaints. Well, my family doesn't love me, Lord. But I do. But my finances are a mess. But I have finances. But I don't know what's going to happen, Lord. This coming year, Lord, what am I going to do? He knows. He knows every bit of what you need this very second. If you just come before him and just lay everything at his feet this morning. He doesn't want you to stay the way that you came in. He wants to bring transformation to your life. Menorah means light. His light wants to come and shine upon you this morning. Lord, we just come before you this morning, Lord. We don't ever want to take for granted or be familiar, Lord, with who you are in our life, Lord. I pray this morning that you would break off familiarity, Lord. We would not be familiar with coming to church, Lord. We would not be familiar with who you are in our lives, God. We would not be familiar with the healings, the signs and the wonders, God. We would not become familiar, Lord, with when, when we feel your touch from heaven, God. When we feel your love from heaven, God. Break familiarity right now, God. Break it now, Lord. That, that When that thing breaks, hunger and thirst is going to come upon us, Lord. We would hunger for more, thirst for more, Lord. It's endless, limitless, somebody said earlier. Limitless. <laughs> the gate that's open is limitless, Lord. Let the abundance begin to come over your children this morning, Lord. He's touching you in your heart right now. 
And he's, he's taking away hope deferred that makes your heart sick that you've been battling with. You don't have to be sick anymore in your heart. God is mending it. He's healing it right now. And I just, I just heard him say, it's time for you to change the lenses. If you've been feeling stuck this morning when you came in, he's saying, just push the button to change the lens, baby. I've got a whole nother view for you. See, sometimes we got to go higher up the mountain to catch the view of heaven. And it's a hard climb sometimes. I was watching somebody climb a mountain the other day, and I was like, Lord, I could never do that in the natural. <laughs> but in heaven, you can climb a mountain. <laughs> and it's easy to climb the mountain. <laughs> Some of you want to get rid of your mountains, but I just heard the Lord say, just come up here higher, up in the mountain. That's where the eagles dwell, right? <laughs> they dwell in the high point of the mountain. <laughs> He's saying, come up higher this morning. Come up into the mountain with me. Get under my wing for a little while. <laughs> Some of you, he's refreshing you. You're going to feel the wind blow on your face this morning. <laughs> oh, those winds you were talking about this morning, Lord, they're blowing right now, Lord. I can feel you're refreshing right now, Lord. Just receive his fresh wind on your face this morning. Just receive it right now. It's like, get under my wing for a little bit. See, under his wing, the enemy can't attack you there. It can't come and, and get you under his wing. <laughs> Sometimes we need those moments of sitting under his wing so we can get healed up. And when our wings are a mess and they get cut up and they get torn up sometimes, the Lord says, get under my wing so that way I can heal you again. And when you're on a high mountain, the enemy can't get to you there in that high place. That's why Moses used to go to the high place. <laughs> I'm speaking to you prophetically this morning. Go up into the mountain with the Lord. And he's going to come and heal you there. And he wants you to take a view. <laughs> he wants you to see things in a different perspective with a different view. <sighs> oh, and the view is beautiful. It's beautiful, the view. <laughs> There's other mountains all around you. <laughs> and you can begin to see the clouds and the breaking through of the heavens up on the mountaintop. The sun is blaring through. His light is bearing through to touch you right now. He's like no darkness could ever come consume you. 
And that light he's sending from heaven, it's shining upon you right now. And he's touching the inner parts of who you are right now. That you would feel his love again. Some of you have had a hard time even praying and the Lord says, just receive this morning. He's trying to bless us this morning. He's like, let me pour my, your, my love over you. You know, I just saw backs being healed right now. As soon as I saw the love pouring over people, I saw people's backs being healed. Because when his love came, fresh oil came to hit your back. And I saw the Lord's hand come heal your back right now. He's realigning you this morning with heaven. When you get realigned with heaven, hope comes in. Just receive right there where you're at. Just receive it. Just say, I receive it, Lord. I receive it, Lord. I receive your love, Lord. He's bringing restoration to some of you. Some of you have been in this battle in your mind, thinking that you've lost some things. And the Lord's saying, in the kingdom of God, nothing is lost. Not even time is lost in the kingdom of God. If there is a, a something that's made your heart sick with hopelessness of time, he is the creator of time. And because of that, he can restore time and restore things back to you. And so we just speak to that right now. If you've been in a battle with time, Lord, we just restore time right now. Time that you thought you lost. Time that you thought that you lost in a battle, dealing with some things that were hard for you. It was like, I, I can just come in and restore it. What, what took days of a battle will be done in seconds. I don't know your name, ma'am, the lady in the back, the blonde, you back there with the, yes, ma'am, you, I, I'm sorry, I don't know your name, Peggy. <clears throat> I, saw the, I saw you sitting with the Lord at a desk, and I saw you with a pin in your hand, and as I saw you with this pin in your hand, I saw you dip it into this ink, but it was like the ink had oil inside of it. It was like oil and ink together. That what, what you were going to begin to write was going to have the anointing of the Lord on it. And I saw you just writing these things of heaven. And the Lord filling the pages for you of what you were trying. And you have been trying so hard in your mind. But the Lord was like, I'm going to do it supernaturally. Just trust me. I'm going to let your hand touch the pen. And then the pen's going to touch the ink with the oil. And then the pen's going to touch the paper. And it's almost going to be not even you even writing it. It's going to be like the anointing of the Lord falling on you so heavy that your hand will begin to move 
to create the letters on the pages. So God, I just say, Lord. <laughs> oh, I saw it happening as soon as you got under the wing of the Father. <laughs> I saw the Lord coming and restoring vision to you. And he was like, I'm going to give her greater vision. <sighs> just, just lift up your hands and receive it this morning. Say, God, God, we just, we just ask you to drop it in her lap right now, Lord. <laughs> give it to her, Lord. <laughs> this joy is going to hit you this morning. <laughs> I felt the joy of the Lord like never before. <laughs> That's part of the restoring he's doing with you. He's like, I'm going to restore joy. That's why the oil is with the ink. <laughs> he was like, it's time for you to be in joy again. <laughs> is that your husband sitting next to you? <laughs> Joel, I just saw you like... You know the word well. <laughs> You're a very good steward of his word. <laughs> but today I saw the love of the Father just come behind you. And you felt almost like a blanket just lay on top of you of his love. And it was like going to bring you comfort. Because I heard the Lord say, Holy Spirit is coming to you to bring you comfort this morning. And as soon as that blanket landed on you, you felt like it felt like a hot blanket. Like somebody pulled it out of the dryer and just put it on you. And the Lord's like, <laughs> the Lord's like, I'm softening some things this season. Some things that were difficult and hard. And you were trying to wrap your, your mind around it. And the Lord's like, oh, I'm just going to come with my love. And my love will take care of everything. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> See, every part of his word is doused in love. The whole Bible was because he loved us. That he wanted to give us strategy and ways of being an overcomer and finding solutions. That we would be solution finders and not problem finders. <laughs> and I saw when the blanket came, he's giving you solutions to some of the problems that have been in your life recently. And he's like, just let the comforter come in over you. The Holy Spirit come. That when the Holy Spirit, the comforter of all comforters would come and reveal to you through the Holy Spirit a solution for the things that you've had brought to your plate. It wasn't even problems you were looking for. It was problems that were brought to you. And the Lord's like, I'm bringing you solutions through the Holy Spirit. See, when you flow with the Holy Spirit, things become easy. You don't got to make things happen. He makes them happen for you. And it's just this, like, joyous, adventurous ride with the Holy Spirit <laughs> that it's not hard. We make it hard, but the Lord's like, this is not a hard thing. This is easy. Whatever the Lord has you doing this season, even if it's in ministry, 
Let it be easy on your heart. Don't carry it as a burden. Just say, Lord, you walk with me. You're with me. I know you're going to make things easy on my behalf. Why? Because you're with me. And when you're walking with me, things have to literally move out of the way. Obstacles move. Everything moves out of the way. Even the demonic, the witchcraft, whatever it is that's there, it has to move because you're walking with the Lord. And the Lord is the one that has the power. And when you walk with him, things begin to, he split the, the sea. He split the sea. If he could split the sea for, our, for us to walk through, what makes you think he wouldn't do what he wants to do for you and me? He made a way where there was no way. Can you imagine standing at the sea, the ocean, and nowhere else to go? See, that's what the enemy makes you feel like, like you're pressured and you're stuck somewhere and you have nowhere else to go. And then he comes in and he says, oh, that ocean that's there, I created that. It's my creation. So all I have to do is speak to my creation to open up so that way the people could come through and have freedom. And they walked right through into freedom. See, we could sit there and we could focus on the 40 years it took, you know, even with the people coming out of Egypt, but we can't think that way. We just have to be in thanksgiving for the freedom and for what they got from one day to the next. They got more than they could ever imagine. I mean, they were blessed when they left because <laughs> that's how the Lord works. Let's just stand this morning. We're going to do something out of faith this morning. Do we have any people of faith in here? <laughs> I would hope so, right? <laughs> but today we're going to ring our bell. <laughs> we're going to ring the bell and we're going to speak freedom and liberty over your voice and who you are this morning. Because it's time for you to be the voice and the bell that is sound off the alarms for a whole nation, for a whole town, for a whole city to begin to embrace. So God, we thank you, Father, for how you orchestrated the bells in history, Lord. But today, Lord, today, we do a declaration, Lord. <laughs> That the bell, Lord, just like Menorah, so, Menorah, the angel said, it hasn't been rung in a long time, God. But today we make a decision to ring the bell. <laughs> we make a decision to choose freedom, to choose liberty today. Liberty over your mind. <laughs> liberty over your mind this morning that there won't be a battle there anymore it's finished <laughs> oh we ring the bell this morning lord 
We declare over our nation this morning, Lord, liberty, freedom to our nation, that all of heaven is coming this morning, God. We ring it, God, loud. Let our voice be the mouthpiece, God. The ambassadors of heaven this morning, God, that there will not be anything that stops the sons and daughters of heaven any longer, God. Oh, we speak breakthrough. Breakthrough to the land. Breakthrough to the land. Breakthrough to the land, Lord. Oh, every demonic thing has to go. <laughs> oh, we thank you, Father. <laughs> then we would enter into the heavenlies, Lord, with you. <laughs> oh, give the Lord thanks this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just worship him right now. 